There's nothing I love more than new construction, but there's also nothing that frustrates me more. Today we are talking with a local luxury builder to get the inside scoop. Hey everybody, Melanie Atkinson here, Realtor with Smith & Associates in beautiful Tampa, Florida. And today I am so excited to be joined here with my friend, colleague, builder, John Skemp. Say hi. Hello everybody. <laughs> John is the president and owner of Baylife Builders here in Tampa. And we are standing in his newest build that actually gets turned over to the buyers next week. It's a very exciting time for you. Yes, it is. Doing final punch outs and things like that. Yep. It's really beautiful. It turned out really well. I've been here several times during the construction process. and Thank you very much. It's spectacular. This just is an arm that reaches out and you can get a big pot right here and go ahead and fill it right here. That way you're not having to lift a big pot here. I love this cooktop. This is the bonus room. I mean, it can be used for anything. It's so big. This is a great representation of how high this house has to be built up. I am in the garage and you can see the staircase here and how tall that wall is. So this has been a really popular item that's been added into homes, especially in this price range in the last few years. We didn't see a lot of mud rooms. People can just throw their shoes when they walk in the door. Maybe you can put hooks on the wall and hang book bags. This is a wide staircase. Master bathroom. Yes. Look at all these mirrors. I hadn't seen it with the mirrors in yet. It looks fantastic. <laughs> You always do a really nice job designing your closets. This is really nice and big. I love the natural light from this window. I did help you with the tile in this bathroom. Even builders get stuck in picking up finishes. I call it analysis paralysis. You mentioned that people are doing feature walls. Mm -hmm. So what we did here is we used a really nice high-end marble product on the back wall, mm -hmm. which is what you see when you come in. And then we complemented that with some subway tiles. This is the biggest lanai this. myself or any of my friends have ever built. This is something I've been really excited about is Ooh. putting fireplaces outside. Folks, we live in Florida. Yeah. If you put a fireplace inside, you're gonna turn it on two or three times a year. We wound up with a really nice size backyard yeah. over here. That's a really long pool. A sun shelf with a little umbrella stand. Mm -hmm. There are leaves in the pool right now because that's one of the things that happens when you don't have a screen is you do have to deal with some of the tree debris that goes in the pool. It's just kind of normal. Most people have pool services that clean them out once a week. And this is the time of year where the oak trees are losing their leaves. Yeah. So we deal with a little bit more now than we will the rest of the year. John and I actually work together at Smith & Associates. He's a real estate agent as well. So That's you have correct. a very interesting background. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your education and how you got here? Started off with a degree in building construction from the University of Florida. Worked for a couple of contractors until the whole 2008 thing happened. After 2008, there was really no construction to be done. And so I went over to real estate and hung my license with Smith & Associates, where I made friends with all sorts of great people. And then I watched the process unfold with other builders and realized that I could combine my two areas of expertise. Yes, so John currently works with us as a real estate agent, but more of his energies are spent building these beautiful houses. And you just build you. kind of one house at a time, correct? One, one to two, absolutely. One to two houses at a time. There's a lot of different types of builders, and I kind of want to start there with you because a lot of people moving here are you know, looking at production builders, you know, track home builders, so your large companies. 
Um, in the cities, though, we don't have a lot of land. It's not like we can build these huge neighborhoods. Right. So you get like a lot at a time. And there's a bunch of custom builders and semi-custom builders in the city of Tampa, downtown St. Pete, all those city areas. Absolutely. So what type of builder are you? You could call me kind of a semi-custom builder. A lot of buyers don't want to do a two-year process where they, they buy their own lot, they find an architect, they find a builder, they go through all this stuff with design, and they don't know what they're doing just because they've never done it before. A lot of people in today's world also want what they want now. So what we do is we build a home, we make all of our selections, and then when we get to about the drywall or cabinet phase, we put it on the market and see if anybody wants to come along. The later in the process they come along, the less there will be for them to choose. So therefore, it's kind of semi-custom. Correct, yeah. And that process, especially in the last couple of years, has worked out really well because Absolutely. with all of the supply chain issues and, and everything that we've had, there were a lot of delays that were unpredictable, so. So many unpredictable <laughs> delays. Yeah, we couldn't get uh, windows. Typical lead time on windows before was three weeks. All of a sudden it was 24, 26 weeks. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was with everything from doors to trusses. It's been yeah. crazy. Our normal construction schedule would have been about 10 to 12 months on a build like this. And due to the supply chain issues, we were at like, 18 months on this one. Yeah, and I was gonna ask that question is, what should people expect as a normal construction time? Because that is by far the biggest issue that we have are setting buyers' expectations correctly on how long it's gonna take to build a house. The buyer actually has a lot to do with how long that can take because quite simply, they make a change. Depending on what that change is, it could stop the entire construction process for two or three months. Yeah. Cabinets yeah. right now takes 14 weeks to get cabinets used to take five weeks. Yeah. So you want to change out some cabinets and that stops part of the construction process behind it. Boom, there's three months gone. So you do most of your building within the city of Tampa. Yes. So there are a lot of challenges in building within the city of Tampa. South Tampa is what I'm referring to. We are talking about more luxury builds, larger houses, things like that. What are your biggest challenges as far as building in South Tampa or like the St. Pete area? There's a lot of challenges. First off, finding a good lot and what makes a lot a good lot. Location, 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 but also are there any tree issues? Are there any encumbrances on the lot? Well, pause really quick. So yeah. let's talk about trees specifically because trees are a really big deal here yes. in South Tampa. Explain to anybody watching why trees are a big deal. When you have big trees in a neighborhood, it makes the neighborhood look more established. You go out into the suburbs where they mow everything down, build a bunch of houses and stick some new trees in the ground, and it looks like it's a new neighborhood. The beauty of South Tampa is a lot of the streets and trees are well over 100 years old around here. People take it very seriously when you want to trim a tree or take down a tree. So we have a lot of issues we have to deal with designing our builds around trees. As a matter of fact, there's a big tree right behind the cameras here that we had to basically build around and stay 20 feet away from the trunk. Right. Uh, that can affect the value of a lot because that can affect how much house you can actually put on the lot. Interesting thing though, the governor a couple of years ago signed some legislation making it a little bit easier to remove limbs and trees that might be hazardous. And what would be considered a hazard is, can that tree fall on your house? Another factor to consider is lot size. Obviously the smaller a lot, the smaller home, and with craziness that happened in the market over the last couple of years where we saw 25% 
plus increases in certain areas. We've had lot prices go so high that we really have to build bigger stuff in order to make it a profitable venture. Yeah, and that's a big part of it. So not only is lot acquisition tough in the South Tampa area and any of the cities because the lots are already built on. So right. there's already houses throughout South Tampa. It's not like there's these huge swaths of vacant land that you guys can right. build on. So you have to find somebody who's willing to sell the lot. Typically, it would be a, a lot with a house that's a teardown. Right, so like and what would house. constitute a teardown, right? Exactly. Probably a home built in the 40s, 50s, or 60s, slab on grade. Maybe if it's, if it's in a flood zone, you can't do any renovations to it because the value of the structure is not that great. Yeah, so, Let's, let me pause right there and touch on that for a second because I think that at least when I get phone calls from around the country, people always want you know close to water homes and they don't wanna to spend too much money so they see these old houses on these lots for sale and they wonder why they get torn down. And so why is it that they get torn down and people just don't move into those houses or redo them in any sort of significant way. FEMA will only allow you to improve a property by 50% of its value. And when they say that value, they're not including the actual lot price. They're only talking about the price of the structure. So if you've got a 2,000 square foot little block home, one story block home, well, that can probably be built for $150,000, $200,000. So they're gonna say, there's your value, $200,000. You can only put $100,000 worth of improvements into this house. It's really, really easy to spend $100,000 on a kitchen and a couple of bathrooms and maybe some new flooring. Right. And that doesn't quite give people the room that they need. Yeah, So that's a really important rule that most people don't understand because they don't necessarily live near water. So that explains why builders will buy lots, tear the houses down, and then whenever they're building the house, they have to build it up. Yes. So let's talk about what happens and how high we have to build houses up now because yeah. it's changed a lot. Absolutely, it just changed recently. Yep. Different talking areas have different elevations that FEMA will allow you to build to. You can build above, the, the minimums, but you cannot build below. In this particular neighborhood, the FEMA elevation is 10 feet. Okay. Here in the city of Tampa, we have what's called design flood elevation, and that is a foot above base flood elevation. So every now and then, FEMA takes a look at their maps and they decide that we're gonna have to uh, raise these elevations. So the good news is, with new construction, it's already a foot above if FEMA raised it. Okay. You're still in that safe zone where your lender will not require you to have flood insurance. That doesn't mean it's not a bad idea for you to go out and get a flood insurance policy because yes. if you're up above, it's going to be a minimal cost, even if you're in a 6,000 square foot house like this. So this house is up how high? So we're built to 11 feet. Yes. So whenever you're on the exterior of this house, you have to go up a, a pretty large staircase. And that also explains why a lot of new construction actually has the entire first floor as a garage. I call it a Florida basement. Yes. And you're building one of those next. I am. So explain what that is and why you do that. Depending on the elevation of the lot, you may have to build four feet, six feet, eight feet just to get to that design flood elevation. At this particular lot, we were around four feet, so we have a seven foot stem wall. We're gonna be doing one on Davis Island that you're familiar with. And that particular house is gonna to have to be built to 12 and it's at five feet. We just said, you know what, instead of building a stem wall, backfilling it with a whole bunch of dirt and pouring a slab on top, why don't we go three feet higher? That house will forever be above FEMA regulations. We'll just have a huge parking area underneath. Yeah. So our next house is actually gonna have an eight car garage underneath it. I know. It's gonna be awesome. 
than all living space on the first floor and on the second floor. Yeah. Which so will really be like a second and third floor. You see a lot of that, obviously, with new construction by the beaches. And yes. um, it's such a smart thing to do. Just like you said, instead of just having dirt underneath us, you actually have square footage that you can use. Now, granted, it's not insurable. It's just a garage space, technically. But it allows you to have so much more storage space and garage space than what you would typically find on these lots in South Tampa. Which, Absolutely. as standard, are two, maybe three car garages here. Three I'm very car garage is a big deal in South Tampa. So to yes. be able to have an eight car garage and then a car collector can add lifts and make it into a 10 or 12 if they really Exactly. So we'll talk about that house on Davis Islands in a little bit because I'm very excited about that one. Let's give everybody out there a little bit of context. So what is the size of this house and what is it selling for? So this house is 6,097 square feet. Okay. And it's selling for $3.4 million. Okay. It's on a 100 by 130 lot, which is a large lot, 130 feet deep, 100 feet wide. Yes. So we're, I believe we're at $557 a square foot okay. at that sales price. That sounds expensive, but it is actually a, a normal per square foot price for a luxury build here in South Tampa, especially on a lot that size. Yes. That is a very deep and wide lot for South Tampa. What should buyers expect? at that level of build? I think smooth finished drywall is a really big one uh, because you see in some of the lesser price ranges, the textured walls, orange thank peel. you. Orange peel on the walls, knocked down on the ceilings. Mm -hmm. We go with a level four, or level five finish, depending on the house, uh, usually level four, gets you that really smooth look. We put crown mold everywhere, mm -hmm. baseboards, larger size baseboards. Of course, you're gonna get all impact windows, hardwood floors, beautiful countertops. Uh, these are all level five, level six stones that mm -hmm. we're using. Let's talk about impact windows. Just if somebody doesn't live in Florida, what does that mean? What do impact windows mean? That means it's built to hurricane ratings of, I believe, 155 mile an hour. So if a hurricane, like when the hurricane was coming through, I have impact windows on my house, so I don't have to do anything to protect my windows because technically they are... Built to withstand a two by four slamming into them at 155 miles an hour. So that is a standard for most of the builds down here, even at lower price points, or they would have to have shutters. Or that's you now. have to have a shutter that you would put on right before the hurricane comes and you have a storm in your garage and that's a yeah. storage nightmare. And They have those a lot in um, the with the production builders. So larger builders that are building much less expensive houses, if they're in areas where that's required, they typically will have shutters and not impact windows because they're expensive. That is correct. Another thing in this price range that you're gonna see is that all of the bedrooms are gonna have walk-in closets and ensuite bathrooms. And what about appliances? In this price range, we're going to see a lot of wolf mm -hmm. ranges, sub-zero refrigerators. Some of the guys like to go with the matching packages, so they'll do a Thermador package. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna get a wine fridge usually in like a butler's pantry. Yep. You're gonna get an outdoor kitchen with a gas grill hooked up to the same gas as the rest of the house, which is really cool. So you're not lugging around tanks anymore. Yes. And an outdoor beverage center. Well, let's talk about outdoor living since we're talking about it right now. And pools, construction of pools. This house has a pool, it's beautiful. It Thank also you. has an outdoor kitchen and an outdoor fireplace and all those luxuries, but we are at a high price point. The lots in South Tampa can be pretty small and then you put a big house on it. Sometimes it's hard for people to even see the possibility of having a pool. This house is big enough to have a decent sized one, but can you fit pools on most of these little lots back here? You have to factor that in with the design of the home. In the South Tampa area, we have a rule of, it's called the 50% rule. And if you build more than 50% on the lot, then you're going to have to have underground water retention. 
And that gets very expensive very, very quickly. So we try to make sure that all of our building pad, our sidewalks, our driveway, and our pool deck all add up to 49.99% of the lot size. So you don't have to do that extra drainage. Absolutely. It can easily cost $50,000. When you look at these houses and the lots, it looks like you've built on more than 50% of it. That has always been- Then they have to go back and put in that retention. Because drainage is a huge problem in, in the city in general. Absolutely. So, and so they require builders to make sure that they don't worsen the drainage problem. That, and we want to take care of our beautiful Tampa Bay. So we want less runoff into the bay and more water being absorbed into the ground so that it does what it's supposed to do and make it to the aquifer. Mm-hmm. And you are an expert on Tampa Bay waters, um, fishing, all sorts of things. We'll probably have to do another one with him. Maybe go out on the boat. You and I have a lot of discussions with floor plans. It's my favorite part of the design process is to try to figure out the perfect floor plan for the space. Are you seeing any trends with floor plans, at least in the last couple of years and then moving forward, that's different from before? I have actually. Before, everything was all about opening things up more and more. But with the pandemic, all of a sudden, everybody lived under the same roof. And even a 6,000 square foot house can start to get a little bit small when you've got three kids running around, somebody working in the office and somebody on the phone talking to their buddies. We try now to compartmentalize a little bit more and give people those separate spaces while still giving you a nice open feel. So bigger rooms, maybe I'll insulate some more walls. to keep, Interior walls. Absolutely, mm-hmm. to keep the office quieter from both sitting on the inside of the office and the person sitting outside of the office. In general, from a real estate perspective, the demand has always been kind of for these open spaces, but whenever you're living in them, they they can get very echoey. You can feel like there's people around you all the time. So this particular house, it being so big, has a lot of rooms to it. Let's try to set some buyer expectations because as a real estate agent, it's by far the biggest challenge with dealing with buyers of new construction projects. Let's kind of go through a quick scenario of what a timeline would be, like what happens from start to finish and how long should people keep in mind as far as how long this process is going to take? Because this is not quick. No, it's not quick at all. You have the design process, you have the permitting process, and then you have the construction process. So on the design process, I would say anywhere from four to eight months depending on how busy your architect is and how fast you can turn around your changes that you want made. We're fast with it and it takes us anywhere from four to six months. Permitting process is going to take at least six weeks. Okay. It's gonna take three weeks for them to look at it the first time, it'll get kicked back to you, you make your changes and send it back in and then they'll usually look at it after a couple of weeks. So if you're a buyer and you've gone through the design process and it's in permitting and then you say, okay, well I wanna change this this one thing, that puts you back significantly. That means you stop the permitting process. Right. You go back to the architect and start the whole process over again. So absolutely, at that critical point, you would be slowing your project down by a couple of months. Now, if you went ahead and got it permitted, you can go ahead and start construction, apply for changes to the permit. So if it was already permitted, you could apply for changes after it starts? Absolutely. Okay. But it depends on what those changes are. If they're big structural changes, they may completely shut your 
okay. job down while you wait for that to happen. In a lot of states, builders have their own crews. In the state of Florida, you guys are using subcontractors. This entire house was built with subcontracted crews. Yes, if, if there's one thing that I would like to underline and put an exclamation point after is that in the state of Florida, builders are using subcontractors for everything. 100%. There are no builders, or maybe there are, I don't know who they are, that have their own crews that build houses. It's like that in other states, it is not like that in the state of Florida. That is correct. So buyers who come from other states where that's more normal come here and are like, why do I not know or why do you have trouble getting the framers out here? Well, because they're framers that are working for how many different builders? A lot of different builders. Right. Absolutely. Construction here and art is trying to keep everything rolling because you're constantly having to shift your schedules for other people's availability. They have delays on other job sites that slows you down. Right. You find out the day before they're supposed to come out that they're not going to be there for a week and you have to push everyone else back behind them. Right. So you as the builder contractor are basically the project manager of trying to deal with all of these moving parts Absolutely. and getting people out that sometimes don't show up and sometimes make mistakes and, and everything like that. I, I know from being an agent that it's very frustrating, but from a builder, I can only imagine how frustrating that is. It comes with the job though. We use the same subs over and over again, so they become our friends and our family. So you coming to work do. is a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, you guys do. I wouldn't say that every builder has that luxury. Um, you probably treat yours very well, so they come back. Then. If you want them to come back, you better treat them well <laughs> because there's plenty of work out there for everybody. That's very true, that's very true. From breaking ground to pre-drywall, that is the part that takes the longest. Yes. For buyers, when they're watching the process of construction, it feels like there's a lot of time where nothing's happening or you're in pre-drywall for a long time. Why is that? There's a lot of work that has to be done before the drywall goes on. We've got to get all of our electrical, mechanical, and plumbing stuff, gas, all of that has to go in. Your low voltage, where are your speakers gonna go? All of that has to be done. Plus, obviously, you've got to build the structure inside and out. Yeah, and there's permitting and everything else that, that happens Yeah, we have lots of inspections time. we have to go through. Yeah. The, the second half of the process, finishing out the build, is a lot smoother and there's a lot less inspections, so a lot yeah. less things to go wrong. If you're starting the process from the beginning, some builders will want you to do a construction loan. I do have a video about construction loans on the channel. And then other builders like you, they would just be getting a loan at the end of construction, just like if you were buying a regular house. Correct. As a builder, is there any benefit? You don't typically do construction loans because you're building them out. Right, and also we are not usually listing homes until we're either after drywall or sometimes even after cabinets, depending right. on how good we feel about the market and all of that stuff. We already have our financing all worked out on the build. It's just as easy for us to continue on with construction and trying to bring you the home faster. Right. You can go out and get a typical loan. Now you're talking about construction to perm loans as well. And those, we see those more for builders who have acquired a lot, but they want to do a more custom build. Yep. And the buyer comes earlier in the process, then they get their financing and the builder takes draws from that lender as they move through the process. Yes, and I've personally gone through that process and it was more on a custom build. So you mentioned lots. I wanna talk a little bit more about that because I get a lot of questions from people who want to build here. If you're coming from out of state and you're like, I want a new construction house in South Tampa, what typically are you looking at? There's not a lot of lots available and 
a buyer is competing with all of you guys. That is right. And we are competing with those buyers as well, yes. for sure. That lot acquisition game has actually changed quite a bit here in the last few months as our market's undergone the changes that we've had due to inflation, et cetera. Right now, the builders seem to be holding back as a whole. I'm not buying anything at the moment and neither are any of my builder buddies. Right. So it's probably a little bit easier right now for people to go out and find that lot. The challenge they're gonna have is finding an architect who has time for them and finding a builder who has time for them. Right, because you guys have lots. It's not like you guys don't have lots to build on. You guys have lots sure. that you're building on. Your next projects are coming up. Correct. So, And there's also not a lot for sale out there either um, that builders could pick up. When you're getting a construction perm loan, that's one thing that people don't really understand is they think, okay, well, I'm just going to go find a lot and, and buy it, which they could. Sure. Or they can find the builder that they want to build with and then buy the lot with the builder and the whole thing kind of in one. Yes. If you're really looking to get into this construction process, honestly, the best thing you can do is go out and find a well-experienced realtor who knows that market. Yes. Every market has folks that specialize in it. When I work with new construction buyers, a lot of my role, once the construction gets going, is being a sounding board and being an in-between between the builder and them, because they do get frustrated. Buyers get very frustrated in this process. Builders get frustrated too. So sometimes that communication can be a little rough if there's no one in the middle. Do you find that? Absolutely. Some builders though, actually, once they get into the process, they don't lean on the realtor to make that communication. Others don't want to have anything to do right. with the buyers. Personally, I like to deal with the buyers. I want them to be happy. Right. I want them to speak well of me. Whenever you're seeing houses listed, so say there's a new construction house in South Tampa that's listed and it's a drawing and it's pre-construction, a lot of times what buyers don't realize is that that's with the standard stuff in it. Yes. And then once you start messing with it and adding things to it and adding pools and fancy kitchens, then all of a sudden that price goes up hundreds of thousands of dollars. And people can suddenly be like, whoa, I have blown my budget. Right way out well, of proportion. It's one of the benefits of buying something like what you build. Is Absolutely, because you know what you're gonna get right when you walk in the door. Right, you have a lookbook and everything else that allows people to understand the quality and finishes of what they're gonna get versus having to pick everything out. The picking out process, this is my job and when I've done that personally, it is an overwhelming process. Yes. If a builder says you can have whatever you want in your house, whittling that down to what you actually want and then what you're gonna want a year from now because you pick it out so early is extremely difficult. It can be very, very difficult. Yeah. We have the luxury of knowing what works. So a lot of times we do things over again. I've built the same pool bathroom three times in a row. Mm -hmm. I've had designers come in and say, you got that one right, buddy. So right. we build it over and over again. And it's still my favorite because you've got to pick out light fixtures. You've got to pick out plumbing fixtures, countertops, cabinet colors cabinet designs, flooring, door handles. What type of front door do you want? What type of stairs do you want? Do right. you want metal handrail versus a wood handrail? Lots of different things that can take a lot of time to go through. And then you have color selections all within that. If you're gonna take on the whole process, you're probably gonna be better off to get an interior designer or decorator mm -hmm. to help you navigate that process. Worth mentioning that there are a lot of products out there that are really, really expensive that are not much better than the ones that are average price. A lot of the builders will look to capitalize upon that and still deliver you a really excellent product. 
So you can save a lot of money by just simply being smart and listening to those that yeah. know. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. A lot of my buyers buy new construction. I find there to be a lot of benefits and cost savings to new construction. So if you're looking at a house that's maybe built in the 90s versus one that's built now, we have energy efficiency standards that are way different. Absolutely. You have, obviously the houses are built up higher. So insurance costs, um, utility costs, all of that stuff is less expensive in a new construction house, correct? Absolutely correct. Plus everything's new, so you don't have any big projects right. you have to move into. Roofs and AC units and stuff like You've that. You've got years and years and years of life. Right, and more modern floor plans, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because the floor plans have changed so much over the decades. You know, you had formal spaces that were huge forever, and now formal spaces aren't as popular. So Absolutely. you get yeah. rid of formal living rooms, and now you have dens. And, and bonus rooms, and bonus right? rooms. And theaters. Right, Lots right. of fun stuff. Well, John, this has been a blast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope Thanks this- Thanks for having me. You're welcome. John is going to be building another house on Davis Islands. Um, I did help him with the floor plan of that, so I'm very excited. Don't give me a little, that was a lot. A lot of it. A lot. There are some really fantastic linen closets that would not have been there without, <laughs> without my help. <laughs> Look for information on uh, Instagram and Facebook on uh, John's new projects as they start, which will be later on this year. That's right. Yes, excellent. Um, and if anybody's looking for new construction or has questions, go ahead and throw them in the comments. And uh, if we get enough questions, we'll do a second episode here with John. That sounds fun. You've been listening to the Melanie Loves Tampa Bay podcast experience. Thank you for your support. Consider subscribing if you want to learn about real estate, homeownership, or living in the Tampa Bay area. You can also follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are in my show notes. Or visit my website, melanielovestampabay.com. See you in the next episode. With love, Melanie.